Fun for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We're going to talk some puck at the bottom of the hour with Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Right now, we're going to talk Big Ten, college football, college basketball, sprinkle a little Dodgers. Yeah, nobody wants to hear about the Dodgers. How much West Coast teams have you watched? Not nearly as much as past years. I'm just so locked in with all these central matchups that, and plus, there's been hockey on late, and that's kind of grabbed my attention more than normally, though. That Dodgers Padres series is pretty fun. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Let's get John Bowencamp here. I'm guessing he's watched a whole lot of it (laughs) as a hardcore Dodger fan. Hello, John Trenton Ken. How are you? I've I've watched a lot of it. I'm doing good. I bet your head, so is your team. Have you noticed that? Go ahead. They don't get to play those weak. Central Division. Oh, there it goes. They're playing those tough West Divisions. Speaking of West Divisions, have you noticed how much the Astros have been... I mean, teams are throwing at their players. Altuve's off to a terrible start. Well, Trent, when you don't know what's coming, it makes it a little more difficult to hit that darn thing. You know that, but you knew it was coming. Yep. You know, absolutely, and um, you know, I I mean, their their overreaction. You know, when the Dodgers played them, and you know, I mean, none of that was intentional. But um, (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) did you buy a Joe Um, Kelly jersey? I, you know what? As much as I dislike that guy over the years, all of a sudden now he's like one of my heroes. Yeah, I bet you're not alone either. Hey, John, let's uh, let's get off the baseball and get to the uh, let's do the Luca Garza and the Big Ten overall stuff. Uh, with with Ill, I mean, I know we we Trent and I have hammered on this, but once more on Illinois Iowa. Oh. Gosh, I hope we get that twice this year, John. We deserve it. Oh, I do too. As last year, you go back to those two games, especially. Well, they were both great. The mm-hmm. one at Carver was terrific with the handshake, and then the finale is they brought the curtain down on the regular season. Please give us that game twice. Oh, I agree. Whether it's whether it's in Carver and Champagne or in a bubble somewhere, right. um, I saw that. Rumor today, um, yeah. I mean, this is this is. I mean, the one thing about these are two very talented teams, and they're also two teams that don't like each other, mm-hmm. and they don't back down from each other. And that's you know, I mean, I got it. Seems so long ago since that game in Champagne, and it does. you know, I I remember thinking that I, I was sitting next to Mike Haas that night, and and this was like right at the beginning of you know all this, and he said, "Can you imagine we're in an arena, a sold out arena right now, in the middle of a plague?" And I laughed about it. I mean, you didn't think, oh, you, this is what it's, you know, this is this is it. This is the last game we're going to see for a while. So, yeah, but, God, it seems a long time ago. But you're right. I, I think we do need to, you know, I think we do need those teams to play twice this year and maybe a third time in the Big Ten Championship. Game. I'm all for it. So Fourth sh- time in the Final Four. That'll work, too. There you go. Uh, share that rumor that you heard about a bubble. I, I did, did not uh, come into my purview yet. It was a John Rothstein post. Oh, he's good. There's some, yeah. there's some major conference. Major conferences talking about, you know, bubble play in in maybe like December and January, when I mean classes are either going to be not in session or online, and you know it, it, that it kind of goes with that with this. I don't know if you read the Stuart Mandel story a few weeks ago about 
you know, college football maybe playing in a bubble. You know, what you just it was just a crazy thought sort of deal. But but why not? Because when you think about it, in December in Iowa City, there are going to be no in-person classes. Everything's going to be online. So why not take them somewhere where you can control? And with college players, you can control that access a little bit more, you know, than professional players could. Why not go to an Indianapolis or why not go to Chicago or why not do something like that and and play, get some conference games out of the way, and you know, in, in December and January, and get a leg up on on everything else that you know before classes get back in the session in the winter time. You know, so I mean, I I think it's a good idea. It's and I think and I think obviously everybody everybody's looking at every option right now, and and I think that's one of those options that makes perfect sense. Now you're asking these kids to be away for that long, but well, so what? You know, they don't. I don't think they'll mind. You know, so you know, again, that's something that I think everybody's going to talk about right now. So you look at this team preseason top ten, top five. Uh, I've seen them mm-hmm. as high as number four in the country. This this team is going to have a lot of buzz and a lot of expectations coming into the season. We know defensively, it's still a team that isn't great on that end. Garza got better. He's not an elite defender across the board. Really outside of Tucson, I think there's a lot of holes out there. And say what you will about Cordell Pemsel. He was one of the few guys that at least had some of those mm-hmm. positive advanced metrics on the defensive end of the floor. Short of the defense, though, what else does concern you about this Iowa basketball team? Um, you know, I, one thing is to, to keep guys healthy. I mean, I know Jordan Bohannon's had his surgery, mm-hmm. um, and he's had time to rehab, and he's had time to lay off. But, you know, he's he's had a career of, of injuries, whether it's the plantar fasciitis or the, the – um, you know, the, the hip injuries, you know, keeping him healthy. Jack Nungy is going to be a key part of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, how does he how does, how does he bounce back from that knee injury? Um, you know, so that, that to me is the biggest thing. And the other thing is, too, you're getting your freshmen ready and, and getting these guys ready because there's going to be a situation this year where you're going to need all 13 guys. I mean, if, if the protocols stay the way they are, if the, the, the coronavirus stays the way it is, there's going to be a time this season when you're going to need as, as deep of a roster as you can. So to me, it's getting this freshman ready to play, and that includes Josh Agundale, who just showed up. You know, was just able to get into the country. So let's see what this, this looks like with the freshman. You know, once you get into November and December, does he have a quarantine period? He does, correct? Before he can join? I would, yeah, I would imagine so. And I mean, and of course, the team's already in in that yeah, true. quarantine. Yeah, true. Yeah. Getting. I mean, they're what now week, a little bit more than a week into that. So. You know, again, I think he'll have to, you know, once he gets here, you know, he got here on Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm sure he will probably have to at some point. And I, and I think it's smart, too. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's overseas. He, he flew, you know, he flew here. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons why to, mm-hmm. to right now to just to, to put him away. And then when everybody gets through this quarantine, then get him out on the court. You know, subject to change for you, John, but, who, but which of the last year's freshmen – We'll narrow it to Frederick or Tucson. Which of those two takes a bigger step forward? I think Tucson does. And again, we're going getting back to injuries. You know, CJ Frederick and all the problems he yep. had last year, and he's had off-season surgery. That's another one. So the biggest step for him is staying healthy mm-hmm. for for however many games you're going to play. For Tucson, I, I I thought he got better as the season went along, and I thought the one thing that really impressed me about him was. He learned from when he made his mistakes and, and Fran took him out of the game. He learned from that rather than pout and get mad and whatever else. 
you know, admitted time and again, hey, this is for the betterment of me. And I really appreciated last year his, his work ethic, his attitude with how he handled things. And, and so I think that's going to make him a better player this season. It's crazy looking at the Big Ten and everybody that's coming back, guys that seem like they've been around forever. Brad Davidson is what, his 18th year, I believe, at Wisconsin? I think so, something like that. He's got another season. Trent Frazier, I I think I was in college at the same time Trent (laughs) Frazier started. It's it's incredible, these guys. Michigan State is still going to be good. They're Michigan State. Ohio State, Mm -hmm. that great freshman class they had a year ago. Plus, they bring in Seth Towns, who Duke wanted out of Harvard, a grad transfer. This Big Ten, we talked about it all last season, how good it was. Mm. Maybe a chance for it to be better this season? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I mean, you're talking about you could have an all-final four of Big Ten teams. I, I don't see why not. You know, the one, the one thing that, that I like about Iowa and, and going back to when we were talking about the bubble and I wrote about this the other day is just how much experience they have and how many minutes these guys have logged. And if you do get into a situation where you have a really unusual season and you – have to do this and you have you know you get out of your comfort zone to have that kind of experience lineup i think can make a big deal but it could be a big factor for them as, as you get into the later part of the season because these guys have been have played so many minutes and been through so much hmm. let's get to football and we now know the schedule that awaits the hawkeyes when they start on labor day weekend uh your thoughts just uh kind of uh from a thirty-five thousand foot uh view of uh, of the schedule, did the Big Ten get it right, or what did they get wrong? If not, John, I, I thought you know there was there was no right answer. You know, I, I think in this situation, you know, I, I was seeing people yesterday. Well, why aren't they playing these rivalry games at the end of the year? Why don't you just be happy you have a schedule? <laughs> really? And um, you know, it's like it's like this is the one year where everything's going to be a little bit unusual. So let's see how this looks. Let's let's see if you can play. 10 games and see if you can, you know, whether if Ohio state Michigan's in September this year, well, it's in September this year. The point is you'll get to play it if everything works out. So I thought from, from the way the big 10 has it, where, you know, everybody, you know, there's, there's ways, you know, you can build in if there's a game that has to be postponed, it can be played on this date, you know, and if the, if there are games in this section can be postponed, it can be played on this date. You build in, you know, games, you know, weeks at the end of the year, so I, I thought they did the best job. And, again, kudos to Kevin Warren for what he's done. I mean, he, he has really done a great job mm-hmm. with this conference. With, you know, and you go back to March with, with the Big Ten basketball tournament, you know, him shutting it down that Thursday really before the other conferences started to do it. And, you know, getting out ahead of this, you know, scheduling league games only, you know, that sort of thing, and, and kind of setting the tone and, and the protocols they have and all that. And so I give them a lot of credit for that. I, I like what they did with the schedule. I think it, I think it works out really well. There is over a thousand football players that have signed on with the Big Ten United. And reading Teddy Greenstein yesterday, the Chicago Tribune, he had a, a quick opportunity to talk to Commissioner Warren. And Commissioner Warren, I thought, put it very succinctly. We're, we're not against them. We are working on this together. I, I think another great statement from him and something that at least on the surface, you believe it. It def- definitely does feel like a changing of the guard at the top of the Big Ten. I'm not sure I always had that feeling with Jim Delaney. It ultimately always felt like he was looking for about the bottom line first and foremost, and that was about the money. Yeah, I think he was, and I, I, I think I think Kevin Warren has those interests in mind, but I think he also knows it's not going to work without the players. And if you look at, at what they what they wanted, if you read that story, what they wanted, a lot of that's already in the protocols. None of it was unreasonable. None of it was unrealistic. It was just, hey, we want this. It wasn't like, 
you know, the Pac-12 where it was give us this money and endowment money has to be used, things that, that, that aren't going to happen right away. And, or maybe in the case of the endowment money can't happen at all. Um, this was, these, these, these things that they brought up were really thought out. And I, and I appreciated his response of, okay, you know, let's, let's see what we can work out here. And, and so I, I liked, I liked his response. I liked the way he's done everything since he's been commissioner. I'm really impressed with what he's done. Enjoy him while you got him because I think he's Roger Goodell's replacement here in the next couple of years. He'll go back to the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong. I, th- I agree with you, though, John. You I think know. he's been terrific. He's been yeah. fantastic. In the circumstances he was thrust into, you know, his first yeah. month on the job. here. Good luck. You're here. Get us through this. Uh, the coaches poll is out, John. I was 23. Uh, Iowa State 25. There are a couple of teams. Of course, Ohio State is number two. Uh, Penn State shows up at number seven. Wisconsin is 12. Uh, who else? Michigan 15 out on the schedule. Minnesota is. They're 18. Oh, I missed Nebraska 10. Just kidding, Trent. About them. 10th um, in the Big Ten? Yeah, 10th in the Big Ten. Uh, but those other one, I, I, uh, just your thoughts, John. The, uh, the Hawks will start at 23 in the coaches' poll. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent on this team, but there's a lot of questions. And I, and I think that, um, that, that, I mean, that's, that's why there's, I mean, they're talented enough to be in the poll. They're, 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 there's enough questions to put them where they're at. It's a good place to start, but it also shows just how difficult their, their schedule is going to be this year. And I mean, it was going to be that way anyway. And, and I mean, kept everybody that was on it, you know, when, when, it, when the first schedule came out. So, um, this is going to be a really difficult season, I think, just with, with everything going on, and it'll be curious to see how this team handles. I like their chemistry. I like what they've been saying here in the last few weeks when we've had opportunities with them. I think that gets them through. But, yeah, I think 23 is probably about the right spot for them. It is Maryland to open up the season week one on the weekend of Labor Day. Do you anticipate you as a media member will be in the stands in the press box? And secondly, will there be anybody at all in the stands for that first game? Yes, I expect to be there. No, I don't expect there to be any no, fans. I don't either. Um, if there is, it's going to be very, very limited. Um, you know, I, I and I, I'm not so sure you should try that right now. Mm-hmm. I think I think just give yourself an opportunity to to just catch your breath and and, and get games in and, and not worry if you're going to have twenty thousand or fifteen thousand or, or how to deal with them. Um, I think in the next few days we're going to find out what they're going to do. I think it's going to be limited capacity. But, again, I will tell the fans this, and I've been telling people this, this is not going to be like any other year. Just accept whatever they decide and worry about 2021. And Indeed. it's like, I mean, it, I mean, it's going to be a disruption. Don't be mad about it. Don't be, you know, it, it is what it is. It has to be done this way if this is going to work. Penn State came out today, and they said there will be no fans at their games this year. And of course, the Hawks play there. There'll be no whiteout or anything like that at Penn State. I'm with yep. you, John. I don't anticipate any uh, this year as well. John, great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Have uh, have a good day, guys. You, do you do the same. John Bowenkamp, HawkeyeMaven.com, part of the Sports Illustrated umbrella. Just go to your, what do you call that, browse, whatever it is. Browser? That's not what it is, is it? But you just type in Hawkeye Maven, it'll yeah, take you right a, that's there. That's a browser. Is that a browser? Yeah. Well, you open your browser, and then you use a search engine, and you put Hawkeye Maven in there. Flaunting it'll pop right my up. computer skills is what I'm doing, Trent. You're pretty sharp over there. I am. Nothing gets by me. Uh, I'm going to talk some puck next. Uh, Joe O'Donnell's going to join us. Now, that's where you're sharp. 
Well, I, I did grow up with the game. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about those wild, although I can't pick my nose when it comes to picking hockey games. Ooh. Yeah, it's been rough. What's going on over there? I thought the Blackhawks were going to be swept. They're going to win the series, potentially. Well, who do They're you like in, in your uh, Jets-Flames game tonight? Oh, I love the Flames. Love the Flames. Yeah, Jets go home All tonight. Right, so love take, the Flames. Jets on the money line. <laughs> uh, we will do this. KXNO and iHeart trying to help you pay those bills. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. FAMILY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. I'm Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10.net. Easter Seals Iowa supports individuals of any age with any type of disability or special needs to live, learn, work, and play independently in our community. During the COVID-19 crisis, Easter Seals Iowa needs your support more than ever. You can help by making cloth masks or donating PPE for their direct support professionals. Donate craft supplies, hand sanitizer, and disinfecting wipes. Or donate monetarily for the mission of Easter Seals Iowa at Easter Seals IA. Hi, welcome back to Lauren Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Talk a little hockey with Joe O'Donnell here momentarily. Trying to take you until noon. And I take you until noon. Let's uh, get to Joe O'Donnell. He's the voice of the Iowa Wild. Your Minnesota Wild play. They dropped the puck in about two hours from night right now. The series is tied at one apiece. We're going to talk a lot of hockey. Let's get into it with Joe O'Donnell. Joe, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, Joe O'Donnell. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how much have you enjoyed this week of playoff hockey? Is there a Option to answer eleven. Is this a trick question? I thought you were going to say no. I'm with, I'm with you. So for me, it's been the three biggest surprises: the Blackhawks, uh, the Habs, and Carolina. Just how good they looked, which was unbelievable. How about for you? Any of those, or you got your own? I think uh, I think you pretty much hit them on the head. I mean, especially Montreal down four one, or excuse me, three one. Uh, last night to get three unanswered and win, take a 2-1 series lead on the Pens. I don't know if you could have predicted that. And then, you know, I think the other one that jumps out is Columbus. I really thought Toronto, with their skill and their experience, would have uh, maybe an upper hand. But I guess I sort of undervalued, undervalued not only the Hurricanes' ability to lock it down, but Columbus as well in their series with Toronto. Yeah, uh, and of course uh, with, with Montreal, uh, Jeff Petrie, uh, Des Moines Buccaneer connection, right? Played here and uh, had, yep. a, had, a, had the, the winning goal a couple of times. Well, let's get to the here to, to the one thirty matchup, one one. So far, the first two games, uh, kind of recap from from where you sit. Uh, what what have you seen in the first two games out of these two clubs? I think what you've seen is exactly what Minnesota Wild head coach Dean Evanson talked about after Game Two, which was in Game One, Minnesota was the way better team and in game two from the you know opening puck drop really Vancouver pushed back and scored in the opening second so I think the series is where it should be meaning the better teams won both games so far and now with a 1-1 tie you got to just you got to hope if you're Minnesota that they just come out and they reestablish sort of their identity that they played with in game one it's been a very interesting series and Ken told me from the get-go he 
like the wild chances. I guess being away for as long as we were, I just wasn't so sure what it was. This ramp-up period that it's been, it's been incredibly odd. I saw a story in the Sun-Times talking about what the guys have been doing. What have you heard from the wild side of things, what they've been doing to fill these days in between, hold up in the bubble? I think the golf simulator is probably yeah. taking a yeah. beating right. at this point. Um, you know, they, I, from what I understand, the restaurants and the food has been good, and obviously they got Tim Hortons there for all you non-Canadians <laughs> or non-coffee drinkers. That's like a necessity when you cross the border. It so, is. Um, you know, I think they've done a good job, from what I understand, just having a lot of the details in place and, and not having a lot just up up in the air. Now, I did see a tweet from somebody in the PR world yesterday that it's important in this certain environment for the couple of folks, the staff members that are with each team. So your team services guy, like your travel coordinator, your PR people, your digital folks, uh, for them to just kind of help put the little things in place, like the Carolina Hurricanes uh, families all sent videos that the team watches like as part of their team mm-hmm. meeting the other day. I think small personal touches like that that are, probably being put in place by the support staff with each team, maybe a little bit uh, under the radar. Not bubble, Joe, take a couple of steps. We just lost you mid- mid-sentence right there. Uh, you were coming in fine, and we uh, lost you. One of the teams, Trent, actually went as far as they put it. I don't know how they got them, but family photos when these yeah. guys checked into the room. I saw a picture of that. Yes. Yeah. What team was that, Joe? Do you remember? I actually think a bunch of them did it. Did they? The, um, I don't remember who the first one was, but you're right. I did see that. Um, that it was sort of like a little uh, little glimpse back to home for some of them. Right. Especially, you got you know, a lot of these guys are early 20s. They're just starting their families yeah. with with small children. It's you know, Jared Spurgeon, who's an Edmonton native and a Minnesota Wild defenseman. You know, he's essentially home, right. but he can't see his family. Yeah. You know, and his wife and small children are up there and. They were excited when they heard he was coming to Edmonton, and you know the story was that he told them, "Well, you know, I'll just have to wave to you from afar. I can't, you know, we can't have dinner together and all those things, and that's got to be tough." No doubt, and they are so serious about this bubble trend. There was a guy, yep. if you remember the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jake Muzzin. He was taken off the ice in a stretcher. I mean, he lost feeling in his limbs. I think he's mm. fine, but because he left the bubble, they took him to the hospital in an ambulance. He can't play. He's now in quarantine. Oh, yeah. So even though he went to a hospital, I mean, the, Joe, they are taking this so seriously. Yeah, and they have to. Yeah, uh, they want to get it right. There's a lot of money at stake, a lot of TV money at stake. There's a lot of integrity for the league at stake. And I think, you know, the, those at the top of the food chain, the NHL and the Players Association, they're doing this the right way. And, and uh, as we talked about a week or so ago, you know, I, I think it's the way to do it. Um, you know, Andrew Downs had a great tweet yesterday about, uh, you know, maybe doing a bubble for a college basketball, I think it was, tournament. that I, I thought that had some creativity behind it you know sort of a november to january thing where you'd have like a march madness in the bubble i mean in the environment we're in right now the safest way to do it it appears is what the nba and the nhl are trying to pull off no question you know joe i honestly haven't watched a whole lot of the top teams that are playing that qualifying round robin i'm with you the playoffs have been a whole lot bigger if you've been in the same boat or if you've watched some of these games have you noticed a difference between a best-of-five playoff round in these qualifying that, yeah, they matter, but frankly don't matter all that much. Have you noticed a difference in play, just uh, how ramped up the teams are, anything like that? I mean, uh, to be honest, I guess a little bit. I've noticed a lot on social media folks saying that they are seeing those trends, that 
the round robins game round robin games aren't as intense. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I haven't noticed much of a difference. I mean, after all, you've got you know, for example, you had Philly play Boston, and then you had the Caps play Boston. I mean, these are rivalries, yeah. and these teams are going to see each other down the line. So I don't think there's any taking your foot off the pedal here. Uh, maybe in the case of the Bruins, they're 0-2. You could argue they just didn't get as geeked up as some of the other clubs, but Tampa Bay's rolling on all cylinders Where right now. Ever? Um, and, and, and they're a team that you know went in with something to prove. So I think maybe a little bit of each group, each team sort of having its own opinion on, on how they need to prepare and get ready, but uh, I have found the round-robin games pretty pretty darn entertaining. I mean, the, the Avalanche-Blues game, you know, Colorado scores with .1 seconds left to win it, and they celebrated like they scored with .1 seconds left to win it. So I think there is some good emotion and intensity uh, in those round-robin games as well. Well, let's get to the uh, the 130 pivotal, ga- pivotal game three. Uh, Staylock, will he get the call I haven't seen? He was, um, Or do they go back to Dubnik? What do you think they're going to do goaltending-wise? I haven't seen anything on that either, Ken, uh, but m- my opinion is, you know, you stick with Alex Daylock. He started him game one for a reason. He pitched a shutout. Sure, he gave up uh, an early goal in game two, but he also made some saves down the stretch of that game that really kept them in it. Uh, the big issue for me is I watched towards the tail end of that game two, which was approaching like one thirty, two o'clock a.m. Eastern time when it ended. But uh, So I was fading a bit down the stretch, but just too many penalties for Minnesota. And that was an issue they ran into in their one exhibition game uh, when they first got to the bubble. Just too many minor penalties. You put Vancouver on a power play six, seven times in the game. At some point, they're going to score. And that just gives you much more of an uphill battle. So I expect Staylock to bounce back. I'd like to see a little bit more production from some of Minnesota's depth players. Eric Stahl's been really snake-bitten in the first two games. He's had some great looks. He's picked up four assists, but he hasn't buried one yet. So I'd like to see Stahl get on the board. And then, you know, I'm always, of course, biased to the, the Iowa Wild alum, mm-hmm. if you will, the Luke Cunnins of the world, Joel Erickson, Jordan Greenway. If one of those three guys you know, can find the back of the net once or twice in this game. I think Minnesota's got a, uh, a pretty good shot to win. So the structure of this format, does the Blackhawks are the 12 seed, do they automatically yeah. go and face the one, or is it bracketed like a 5-12 and move on to the four? How's that set up? It's going to be a reseed. So whoever the top team in the West is will take on the lowest seed okay. out, coming out of the qualifying round. So uh, a lot still to be determined. But uh, Chicago, if they're able to advance, and, you know, Montreal, the 12 in the East, if they're able to advance, it'd be kind of interesting how, you know, usually in March we're talking about those 5-12 matchups yeah, in college yeah. basketball it's always true. being tricky. And here they are in the NHL yeah. playing out the same way. Will that continue throughout the uh, the playoffs, then they'll reseed each round? Yeah, I think that I think the plan is to just do a mm-hmm. reseed, yep. okay. um, sort of like you would in a, in a normal Stanley Cup format after after the first round. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. So, how are the Blackhawks doing this, Joe? I mean, I don't know if you've watched much of their games uh, against Edmonton. Uh, I, look, I, I didn't think they would win a game, and here they are on the brink of moving forward. How are the Blackhawks doing this? Well, last I mean, Taves game. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say uh, the two wins they have. It's been the Kane and Taves show, yeah. you know, and these guys have. They've stepped up. Now they did get uh, the five-point game from uh, the rookie. Kubelik. Yeah, um, yeah. In game one, you know, game two was Connor McDavid's kind of stealing the show. So really, it's been the team that's won's had their stars, um, you know, find the score sheet more often. It's been a very high-scoring series. I think there's been like 25 combined goals in the three games. So um, you know, the goaltending hasn't been where it probably needs to be. But you're also talking about probably six of the 
league's most elite players in that series offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been tough for, you know, for each team to try and slow down their opposing stars. Well, Vancouver, Minnesota, best of three from here on out. Um, yep. Who do you give the edge to? I mean, it's it's difficult. To, I think I think it's going to go the distance, Joe. I do. Uh, who? Yeah. How, how do you see it? I thought from the get go that it was going to go five games. Uh, obviously, I was I was hoping Minnesota prevailed. That was sort of my pick, Minnesota in five. You know, for obvious reasons. But I really think they can win the series. You know, I don't think Jacob Markstrom um, gives Vancouver a huge mm-hmm. goaltending edge, and and I think that Minnesota. You know, with Kevin Fiala emerging um, as as a top offensive star in the league right now, I think yeah. I think they've got a good mix. Um, you know, and again, I really like their coaching. I think Dean Evison, uh, from the times I crossed paths with him, Iowa, Milwaukee, you know, he's a heck of an individual. He's a pro. He'll hold guys accountable. And so, I think what you're going to see is a uh, you know a tight knit group and a, and a tight defensive effort from Minnesota. Everybody's bought in, and hopefully, they can prevail. And they took the interim tag off of him, correct? It's his gig going yeah. forward. Yeah, about 10 days before uh, they headed out to the bubble, right before camp started. And so he's their bench boss for the future. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he evaluates everything that's playing out. It's great experience for these young players, regardless of how this plays out. So um, just hoping that they can continue to kind of stick to their guns, play good defensive hockey. And uh, when the special teams battle always goes a long way. Uh, we will uh, impose on you next week. We'll uh, At some point we'll talk about uh, what's going on maybe a week from now or somewhere around there. Thank you, Joe O'Donnell. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. Yeah, absolutely. Good to you too. Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild Game 3. It's going to, well, I shouldn't say. I've been dead wrong. <laughs> I think it's going the distance, so somebody's going to win the next two. That's the way that it's been playing out here. It's been fun, though. I, I've really And one thirty today in the Blackhawks, yeah. 545 tomorrow. No late shifts for those two squads. Yeah, I like the late. Late work's better for my schedule. Yeah, it does, right? You get the kids to bed, yep. and you finally uh, tears off the bed, and you yep. finally get to get the TV to myself, relax and yes. take the remote control and not give it up. There will be no more watching Netflix kid shows here this evening. We will be watching <laughs> hockey. We'll be watching baseball. We'll be watching something yeah, so else. Yeah, so 1230 first pitch today for yeah. your twins. Who's going for the twins today? Uh, good question. I don't, they hadn't announced as of yesterday who it was going to be. And well, I'm sure by now they have to have it announced, right? Maeda. Ah, uh, Kenta Maeda. Yep, Maeda. Brubaker versus uh, Maeda. Yeah, he's off to a good start. That's what the whole team is for yes, crying they out are. Uh, we'll come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And one untucked. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Miller and Condon, final few minutes here on a Thursday. Tigers lurking. Two under through yeah, four. Yeah, Scheffler's three under. He has the lead. Tiger right there. Just uh, canned a 32-footer. Oh. Is this a new putter? Did you see that? He did. He changed right before today. I, normally, I mean, that's that sounds like you're scrambling at that point, right? Uh, first round of a major championship, you're going to make a change. Uh, but so far, it's worked for him. Mm-hmm. So, um so far, so good boy. I hope he's in the hunt all weekend. Trent. So does so does CBS. By the yes, way, yes, yes, they do. Also, the Iowans, Zach Johnson, who hasn't had a top ten. It's been a while, right? Middle of 2018, the last time he even finished in the top Oof. ten 
of a tournament, made that change with his clubs, what, three, four years ago? Uh-huh. Had some struggles early on, kind of figured it out, but it's gone back the other way. Doesn't seem like this is the course that you'd anticipate yeah, Zach because Johnson. because he's not a big hitter. No, not at all. But with those wedges, he can dial it in, and he's, well, was one of the best wedge players in the game. Not anymore at this point, but we'll see if he's got a run in him. Mm. How about this? So we get to Sunday at, well, evening. Right, 3 o'clock. Or, no, it's, is it 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock? It ends at 8. It ends, yes. It, it ends at 8. ends at 8. That's Our the scheduled time. time. 8 o'clock central as this is being yeah. played in uh, San Francisco area. So you get five guys you want to see in the mix. How about four, the final two groups? Final two groups. Okay, four guys. Well, I was going five because I wanted Zach Johnson to be in there. The local angle for us. All right. Because he was my fifth. Okay. So, and I think just because of the local tie. We'll do it your way. For our conversation. And I'll, and I'll go that way as well. But Zach will be our fifth. And we both want Tiger, I'm going to assume. Mm-hmm. There's not, no doubt about that. So who would be your other three you want to see in the mix here? Well, DJ. Okay. Um, Ricky Fowler. Ricky, trying to get that first, though he's won. Well, it's more than that. It's PVG's involved oh, as well. Gotcha. <laughs> he does have a tour championship, but looking yeah. for that first major championship. Uh-huh. All right, I like that. Um, Ricky, Kepka. Do I want Kepka? Do I want DeChambeau? Rory? Oh, there's so many. This is a difficult conversation. Yeah, you know what? Give me, uh, give me Dustin Johnson. Give me Ricky Fowler, and Kepka. Kepka, yeah, Kepka's in there for me, no doubt. Going for three PGAs in a row. Yeah. Chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's now he's one liked. under, by the way. He is one under, yep. which is good to see for him. I'm going DeChambeau. You want him just too? because he's been such a big story these last two months been, yeah. of the hulked up dork in his stupid hat. It just every time I see that thing, you just it looks like he's trying too hard, doesn't it? Where yeah. they, I know golfers wear those kind of hats, and I know people wear the. It just from the get go, it seems like he's trying too hard. Him talking about when he came on tour, the way that he's going to change and revolutionize golf with having all his clubs be the same length and. I don't know. The guys always rub me the wrong way, but watching him bomb it out there 400 yards. Fun to watch. But you know what? He's got one of those. He's got a quadruple on him in this oh, tournament. Oh, yeah. In him rather yeah. in this tournament. I think anyway. So, so I got Kepka, I got DeChambeau, and I got one more to go in my mix. And, and I'm trying to think, along with Tiger and Jason Jack Johnson. Day's story, but he's not an American. Yeah. Married one. I like Shoffley. I've always liked him. Yeah. Just not a whole lot of buzz there. We, well, Phil. Phil Mickelson. The old man making one more run at it. Let's put Phil in there for my five. Yeah, see, I hope we're not at that point with Tiger that Tiger turns into. Remember, Fred Couples would always be oh, at there. Yes. He'd always make cuts and then he'd And he'd disappear. be in the top 10. Right. Or well, he finished tied for 44th. Right. Ernie Els. Yeah. Who are some of those guys? Um, you well, know, Colin the, Montgomery, but Colin it went Montgomery, the other. Colin Montgomery. Vijay Singh up mm-hmm. in age has a good couple of rounds. I hope Tiger's not that player. Well, and I got one other guy I'm rooting for outside of, of course, my gambling picks for the weekend. Who? Troy Merritt. You ever see that guy on the leaderboard uh-huh. from time to time? He was born in Osage, grew up in Osage. Really? Yeah, and he grew. He really grew up there. Yeah, I think they he moved didn't away move when like he was, when he was one. No, he's like eight or ten. Okay, when they moved out so there, so you can claim him. for Yeah, sure. absolutely. So he's a guy. What's his name again? Troy Merritt. M E R R I T T. I didn't know that. that he's there was an Osage a top one hundred kid, kid something right. like that, and he's probably in his late twenties. I want to say now, maybe twenty seven, twenty eight. Has he won a range. tournament? Uh, he's been in the mix. And, 
one of the you know some of the smaller tournaments. Mm-hmm. But, but he's yeah, grinding out a living. He is absolutely. He's done a really nice job. So it's funny talking to a couple people uh, back at the golf course when I go back home. And yeah, he'd be banging around Sunny Break Golf Course as a five what, six what's year the, old. What's the name of the club? Sunny Break. Sunny Sunny Break Bray. Sunny Bray. B R A E. Uh-huh. Is it uh, what? What's the what's par? Uh, 35. Okay, so just a nine-hole? Nine-hole course, yeah. yep. You uh, tucked along the Cedar River, so... Is there one hole that has a couple of different greens, so when you play it twice, at least there's one? Because a lot of a lot of yep. uh, uh, nine-hole courses have one one uh, hole that has two different greens. Well, because one of the greens is across the river, and you have to walk across a floating really? bridge. You really do? Yeah, you have to walk across a fr- floating bridge, but when the river's up... You can't play that because, A, the bridge, they have to take it out, or <laughs> the green's underwater. They have an alternate green, so you can play that a little bit. Number two at uh, Sunny Bray was named one of the 18 hardest holes in Iowa by the Des Moines Register How about that? in 1972. A little recognition for the I worked hometown. at the golf course. I looked at that newspaper article many times when I was yeah, in I high school. I worked at a golf course when I was a kid, too. It's a great job. On the greens. Right? Yeah. It was a tough job. Well, for you greens people, yeah, I worked in the clubhouse. I had no time for that. I also worked at our mini golf course in our um, driving range on the other side of town. That was great. I was 14, got to work, and I got to drive the Jeep around, picking up golf balls. What's and better you were than that? a target? Drive, oh, we have no doubt. Right. Driving around by yourself when you're 14? Things are uh, good. Yeah, it was a good life. Paid about two bucks an hour. That's all right. Yeah. Paid for gas on the moped. No question about it. All right, so uh, today, what do you uh, what do you got planned tube, uh, tube talk-wise? Your Twins play 1230? Yeah, and I got a couple of meetings this afternoon, so it'll be not hearing the Twins locally this year, so... Oh, they're not They're not. No, locally, at least yeah. the other afternoon they weren't. I that think means, the Cubs are the only team in the yeah, market. That means Yankton, South Dakota. Hello. That's uh, can pull uh-huh. it, what, a 620, I think. No idea. That's what I'm trying to pull well, it. for Cardinals, you got to find the Newton station. I think yeah. they're still on a Newton. Yeah, so yeah, it's just, just the Cubbies this year on the local front so i'll be listening to that and keeping my eye on the wild and if i pull over maybe get a wi-fi signal i'll bring up the nbc sports app and watch a little bit of that yeah well i hope they can put one in the wind column and take a 2-1 lead in that series that'd be great if we get the wild the blackhawks the blues it ramps up hockey to big way it does makes it easier to talk about yes Uh, because uh look at the sport has clearly grown Mm-hmm. From when I first started, you couldn't oh, talk yeah. about it at all. Mm-hmm. It was an automatic change to the channel. Um, but the Wild have done a really good job, I think, growing the sport locally. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all those pleasure skating rinks, that's what they call them. That's what we called them. When you, couldn't take, when you couldn't take your stick onto the rink. Oh. There was a, there was I've the never two, heard that term Yeah, that's before. what we called them in Canada. There was the pleasure rink when, when the, both the outdoor rinks were used. The pleasure rink has a different connotation it, here. Well, yeah, I get it. You're skating for pleasure. You're not skating to play hockey. It does kind of now, doesn't it? I wonder if they still call it that. I'm guessing no. Murph um, and Annie coming up today at 2. Fanatics at 4. You're part of Fanatics? Yeah, I'll I be in I think Sean Roberts is part of the... Murph and Andy show today? Did I see that? Ah, uh, he might be. Yeah, know. because Andrew Downs is in Col- or driving to Colorado right now. Well, drive safely, AD. Yes. Uh, Morning Rush will be back on the airwaves at six. We're Miller and Condon, ten to noon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM.